Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Nets put together a nice performance in Game 2 against the Celtics until the end. Down 3-0, will the Raptors claw their way back against the Sixers or are they finished? Plus, Debo Samuel wants to be traded from the San Francisco 49ers. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Brooklyn Nets gave up a 17-point lead at one point, and they blow a golden opportunity in Game 2, 114-107 against the Boston Celtics. Join me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, what what happened? Uh, Kevin Durant uh, packed up his professional level game and he just put it into storage. I think a little bit prematurely, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there's a lot of things you can point to. Um, Boston has obviously played a strong first two games. I don't think that they've been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but when things look like they're going well over the first half and then into the third quarter, you always have to have in the back of your mind, this is being accomplished without your superstars having good games. And that's what affords a team like Boston to be able to come back. Speaking of superstars not having good games, the the final point total for Kevin Durant looks nice, 27, but he's four for 17. He's not shot the ball well at all in the first two games. How much of that is KD missing looks that we normally expect him to make? And how much of that is Boston bodying him, being physical with him and making him work harder than he wants to? Yeah, on the one hand, there's that there's that taxing nature of how Boston's going to play you, right? They have multiple players they can throw at you. They're running blitzing defenses, and, and Kevin Durant's not the biggest guy in the world for all of his height. That being said, Kevin Durant's been around the NBA. It's not, it's not like he's never played a physical defense or been in a, in a tough physical matchup over the course of a seven-game series. You can look at a lot of plays where he looks careless on the basketball. It's like he doesn't quite have the touch with his hands. The passes aren't good. And then some of the decision making, and that can be the, the buildup of frustration. But, you know, he actively has walked himself into bad spots on the court that leaves him exposed to get the ball stripped away from him. Another six turnovers in this game. So, uh, you know, I, I, this is not take the credit away from Boston, but I, I put these first two games solely on the shoulders of Kevin Durant. He's far too good of a player to be succumbing to whatever Boston is throwing at him. And and to the point about physicality, he did shoot 20 free throws in this game and made 18 of them. So it wasn't like he wasn't getting a favorable whistle when he was getting played physically defensively. Offensively, though, 17 points in the fourth quarter. Like you're you're just not going to win in a play, in a playoff game doing that. And what makes this even more astonishing is um, Kevin Durant. Ever heard of him? Kyrie Irving, ever heard of him? So what is happening in these fourth quarters, or at least in this fourth quarter, where they couldn't get anything going. The offense looked truly awful. Yeah, this is a tricky part. We just talked about it over on, on the Locked On Nets podcast around there's certain players like a Goran Dragic, veteran, experienced, who now has put together two very good games for himself, only played 20 minutes in this one, not utilized enough, obviously, in the second half, didn't really see the court until the back end of the third quarter. Um, but the second part is when you look at coaching and say, what can you do better? How can you improve and give yourself better opportunities? Do you find yourself in a fourth quarter of a game and say, you know what, we got to get looks for everyone other than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? I think that that's the hard part here, right? Because 99 times out of 100, even after a game like this, at the end of it, you're still going to say, put the ball in my superstar's hands and I'll live with the results. 
Could you have had better success going to some of the supporting cast? Maybe, but we know that that's what the NBA is. It's driven on the superstar talent, and I think you probably sacrificed four, five, six possessions in that fourth quarter when they mattered most at the hands of two players that are struggling mightily. In this particular game, we know Kyrie had a good one in game one. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen now for a big announcement starting Thursday, April 28th. Tune into the Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders hosted by me. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick. Coming up, Joel Embiid may have put the writing on the wall when it comes to the Raptors' season. Is there any hope of a comeback? Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I do. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry, and they're stepping up their game even more with a new daily fantasy over-under game. It's really easy. You pick a sport, pick two players, and pick a stat. So points, or rebounds, or... Uh, strikeouts. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times your entry. 20 times your entry. You're not getting those odds anywhere else. And you can also now bring in your friends, your family, and have a contest with your boys, your girls, your friends, whatever it is. It's a built-in group chat function that does it for me, where you can talk smack, you can let people hear about it, or you can copy your friends' picks. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new daily fantasy over-under game. Have fun with your friends and win. Make sure to use the promo code Locked On today and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100 just for listening to our show. They will give you money. Download Sleeper and use the promo code Locked On today. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. Do you know what parts are supposed to cost? No, I don't either. So why go somewhere where you could pay 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com where you know you're going to get the lowest price, rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. After building a monster lead in the first half, the Chicago Bulls pulled out a 114-110 win over the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 2 to even the series at one apiece. DeMar DeRozan was white hot. He was electric. He scored 41 points to lead all scores. Nikola Vucevic added 24-13 and 13 to lead the Bulls to a win. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 33-18 and 18 boards, but it wasn't enough. Milwaukee also lost Bobby Portis in this game, and Chris Middleton left in the fourth quarter with knee soreness two guys to watch for the Bucks moving forward. Hall of Fame coach Jay Wright is retiring after 21 seasons as head men's basketball coach at Villanova. A shocking move that comes just weeks 
after he led the Wildcats to yet another Final Four. Villanova said Wednesday that Wright will begin a new role as special assistant to the university's president. Fordham's Kyle Neptune, who spent 10 years under Wright as a video coordinator and an assistant coach, will take over as Villanova's head coach. Wright, who is 60, had been the Wildcats' head coach since 2001. He won two national championships in 2016 and 2018. He also made four Final Four appearances. He was named Naismith Coach of the Year in 2006 and 16 and was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2021. Phoenix Sun star Devin Booker is likely to miss games three and four against the New Orleans Pelicans with a mild hamstring strain, but he has not been ruled out for the rest of the opening round Western Conference series, according to sources at ESPN. The Suns are still evaluating results of an MRI on Wednesday to get a full picture of the injury and a clearer timeline for return. With 4.45 left in the third, he appeared to tweak his right hamstring as he was jumping to challenge a Jackson Hayes dunk in transition. He immediately asked for a timeout and went to the locker room. The Suns were 8-6 in games without Booker this season and, of course, 0-1 in this playoff series. Fighting for a playoff spot, the Stars suffered a monster loss. The Dallas Stars dropped another ugly game in Edmonton against the Oilers and seem to be talking themselves out of a playoff spot. Hey, everybody. Dane Lewis here with the Locked On Stars podcast coming to you after the Dallas Stars 5-2 defeat at the hand of Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. And this was a tale of two teams, one team that was buzzing offensively and one team that could not find any consistently offensively, uh, that team being the Dallas Stars, who are definitely not known for their offense. Typically, they're known for their stout defense, but even the defense uh, did not make an appearance tonight for this Dallas squad. They surrender five goals, four of them with Scott Wedgwood in net, who relatively had a good night, all things considered. The Oilers had 50 shots on goal, uh, which is a season high for the Stars to surrender. Um, so only letting in four goals out of 50, not too bad for Scott Wedgwood, but not getting any help from his defense. The Stars just could not clear their own zone. They allowed Edmonton to set up and get very comfortable in their own offensive zone, and that led to a lot of opportunities and four goals. Here is another story you need to know. It is a bit of redemption for Joel Embiid, who was on the court when Kawhi Leonard hit an unbelievable shot that ended the Sixers season back in 2019 in the playoffs. Joel Embiid hits the game-winning three, and the Sixers put the Toronto Raptors on the brink of elimination 104 to 101. Joining me now from Locked On Raptors, Sean Woodley and Sean, this is a, a game that felt like it was the last gasp for this Raptors team. And they were this close. I'm holding my fingers very closely together for those that can't see me. Uh, why were they, why did they come up short? Well, first of all, the West end basket at the uh, Scotiabank arena between the Raptors and Sixers just likes to cause mayhem <laughs> be the side of all things unholy. But yeah, I mean, you know, for the Raptors in this one, you know, their offense has been really good so far in this series, at least in games one and two, that was not their problem. They were scoring at a rate higher than the Atlanta Hawks best first shot offense in the regular season against the Sixers defense. And in the second half of the game tonight, it just totally dried up all of the goodwill they had in the half court in the first game, you know, two games and a half were frankly uh, really, really just kind of went away. The Sixers went zone heavy against the Raptors and really dared Pascal Siakam to try and score in isolation. 
credit Tobias Harris, who in the past has been food for Pascal Siakam, did a wonderful job in single coverage. Joel Embiid got switched on to a whole bunch. And the thing with Pascal, he played 48 minutes in this game and was instrumental on the defensive end. The Raptors had a really good defensive game. They kind of got back to their principles. It felt like Raptors basketball again. Joel Embiid was kicking it all over the place. James Harden didn't look super good. But the energy expended down there, combined with the fact that the Sixers sent so much attention his way, it just really left the Raptors with a bit of a rudderless head of their offense. Pascal has been the guy who's driven their offense all season long. And when he wasn't able to sort of have the shot making that you typically need from a star in the playoffs, it, you know, it lets you down. I don't think it undoes anything Pascal's done this year. He's been fantastic. He's deserving of all NBA, but uh, you know, it just was the Raptors. It, it kind of proved that the Raptors still lack a guy as good as Joel Embiid. And I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. I think everybody knew coming into the series, the Sixers had the best player. And sometimes the best player hits a turnaround three-pointer at the buzzer and ends your season in a very, very unceremonious fashion. It's just the way she goes. Has what we've seen so far in these three games changed your outlook as a somewhat unbiased uh, uh, you know, observer of where the Sixers stand in the Eastern playoffs? Honestly, not really. I, I think, you know, Embiid certainly is there. He's, he's with it. He's incredible. And Tyrese Maxey as well is fantastic and is going to give Raptors fans nightmares for a very, very long time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about James Harden, man. The dude looks cooked. I, I, I talked about it tonight. You know, I, I tweeted about it saying that he is perpetually in a state of looking like he just ate a foot-long hot dog. He just <laughs> looks slow. The Raptors, the reason they had such a good defensive game tonight got back to their sort of roots is they played single coverage against James Harden basically without fail. And the guys guarding him were no great shakes a lot of the time. You know, a lot of Gary Trent Jr. on him. Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn was guarding him and doing an incredible job in single coverage. And it allowed the Raptors to focus on Embiid and to focus on the rotations to run guys off the line. And Harden, you know, he had his points. He got his looks. But all of them were basically granted to him. He probably should have had a way better shooting night than he did because the looks were pretty much uncontested. They were letting him walk to the rim at times because they're just so unconcerned about him. And I think against teams with more offensive firepower, it's going to be tricky for the Sixers to keep up if James Harden looks like he did or has so far in this series. He's looked good as a playmaker. That's fine. We know he can still pass. But if he can't be a scorer and he does not look like he has the juice at all to be one, that creates serious problems. Coming up, Debo Samuel wants out of San Francisco and away from all the quarterback drama. Here's what to look for for Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Take a look at the NBA playoff point spreads for Thursday. The Grizzlies, slight favorites on the road against the Timberwolves in game three. Bet Online has Memphis one and a half point favorites in a series that's tied 1 1. The Warriors also road favorites against the Nuggets. Bet Online has that spread one and a half in favor of Golden State. And the largest point spread, the Jazz. They are seven point favorites at home against the Mavericks, who will still not have Luka Doncic bet online where the game starts. For today's take, we turn to the Bay, not Golden State. Debo Samuel wants out of San Francisco. Reasons as to why? Swirling. But Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker from Locked On 49ers have their take. It has to be that, uh, and I don't think it's usage because Debo didn't have a problem with it while he was being utilized that way, I think it's being paid for that usage is where Debo's having the problem. So 49ers must've come with an offer that made it look like a, 
we're going to, we treated you like a running back half the time. So now we want to pay you like a running back half the time. And Debo's people probably were furious and Debo himself furious about that. And now it's become public, right? Croc, because um, it's, and, and I don't know what the offers were behind the scenes. And I'm sure the 49ers have talked to their people and probably tried to put something out there, but the 49ers have always been an organization that with Prague Marate, you know, uh, doing negotiations behind the scenes. They they don't want to overpay guys. They try to do things their way, structure contracts their way. But if they tried to come at Debo with something that looked more like running back money instead of wide receiver money, I you can't blame him for being mad about that. Yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like there, there's something different. They said it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. So I know we're having a conversation about money, but the, the, the tweet I saw was that it's deeper than money. It's about usage, and it could be about other things. Is there a chance that uh, he's upset with what's going on at the quarterback position where, you know, most of us would think, mm. you know, there's question marks about Jimmy Garoppolo even when he was the quarterback. And obviously, the, you know, there's you know there's so much unknown with Trey Lance, but do you think there could be, well, I had this level of success and, you know, I did well with Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to I wanna keep this guy where that's making me a first-team all-pro as opposed to go to the rookie where I don't think he's there yet to get me to that point. So, so I won out. That seems pretty dramatic, I would say, but cause, cause it's not like he like didn't put up numbers at all with Trey Lance. Right. right? Some people were surprised to hear that Debo Samuel wanted out of San Francisco, but why is it so surprising? This was a team on the verge of a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl. They went out and they traded a slew of assets to get Trey Lance, who did not play in 2021. During that season, Debo Samuel became the do-it-all player, the kind of guy that every team would want, someone who could play running back and receiver, a position, according to Jeff Darlington at ESPN, he doesn't want to play. And no wonder the shelf life for running backs in the NFL is tiny, and the amount they get paid is dwarfed by what receivers are getting on the open market. Debo Samuel is no dummy. He wants to get paid like a receiver, and he wants the career longevity of a receiver. And oh yeah, he wants to catch passes from a quarterback he knows can play. He knows Jimmy Garoppolo can get him the ball. He knows Trey Lance something. He's seen Trey Lance in practice. He's seen what he can be and what he can do. Why would, when he could, go the Devontae Adams route or the Tyreek Hill route Stay in San Francisco with this massive unknown at this inflection point in his career when he wants to be paid like an elite receiver. Want to stay in the Bay when he could force his way somewhere else with a quarterback who can use him in an even more effective way potentially than having to play running back for half the game. Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers or a reunion with Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur in New York could all be options for Debo Samuel with potentially better quarterback situations. They could all offer him the same amount of money that San Francisco is willing to pay him. So why not seek a place with a little more stability and a little more longevity in his career? And finally, baseball had Washington running for the hills. The U.S. Capitol was briefly evacuated Wednesday evening after police identified an aircraft 
that they said posed a, quote, probable threat. But the plane was actually carrying members of the U.S. Army Golden Knights, who then parachuted into the Washington Nationals baseball stadium for a pregame demonstration. The alert from U.S. Capitol Police sent congressional staffers fleeing from the Capitol and legislative building around 6.30 p.m. The rebuilding Nationals are no longer just scaring people away from Nationals Park because of the baseball. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up Thursday, could we get more NFL drama less than a week away from the NFL Draft plus more NBA playoffs? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.